Welcome to We Talk Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. Colin is done for the second week in a row, and Nick is also done this week. But I'm not, and I'm right here to bring you the latest from MLS, NWSL, the Gold Cup, and... Oh boy, we're going to spend some time on that Atlanta sky penalty. We're going to spend just a little bit of time. Bring some talents. So Colin just tweeted at us, record your podcast, it's getting late. And it's correct, it's about 10, 10 p.m. And I have no idea how uh, he knew that we hadn't been recording. Oh, he was just replying to the picture of us watching... The replay of Toronto versus Atlanta's ending. <laughs> the last 10 minutes of the replay. We didn't watch the entire game. That'd be crazy. Well, it's good that we don't have incidents like that here at the podcast where, you know, we say like, we're done recording. And then I go to a little screen over there and I'm like, actually, Caleb, we got we to gotta start recording again. I'm sorry. We got to come back. Um, I mean, that has, that has happened. Has it? Yeah, the, the first we the first version of We Taught Soccer recorded the entire podcast. Realized the first half we didn't record, <laughs> and we had yeah. to re-record the, the first half of the podcast. Right, and we had to do all the jokes all over again. <laughs> yeah, and, I, we, I remember and that. we were even more drunk than we were in, at the end of the podcast. So, it was <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I should go back and listen to that episode and see if I can tell the difference, but. Um, I wonder how many of the listeners from those days are still listening. The people who were there for the first appearance of you guys on this pod are still listening to us. They haven't got tired of hearing our voices yet. Uh, no, no one. And I think everyone's like, yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> we we <laughs> just churn through the listening audience. Yeah. Getting new rubes every week. Well, um, speaking of new rubes every week, let's go into a segment that we call the championship but the championship is a game is it a game is it a league no it's a segment where we discuss america's top leagues the nwsl and mls uh and some new rubes entering mls with uh with some signings this week and um but before we get to that we'll talk about the nwsl uh first up two draws this week portland thorns versus utah royals and washington spirit versus houston dash ending nil nil we're going to spare you talking about those draws to move straight on to discussing the match that we warned you. Caleb warned you last week that this was going to be a complete shit show, and guess what it was. But like a shit show you want to, you want to watch? Like, when, yeah. you see, when you see an annoying kid who like has an ice cream tone trip and drop his ice cream tone, like you want to watch that. Yeah, That's this how is, this game was. So this was Sky Blues going up against uh, the Orlando Pride. Orlando Pride coming into this game with... No victories yet in 2019 and leaving with their first thanks to um, an own goal and a penalty. And the only other goal in this game coming also from a penalty. This game ending 2-1. And would you expect anything anything else from this game? I mean, besides a nil-nil draw where everyone was shooting at their own goals repeatedly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, this one own goal, two penalties. Like Really, this game had... Everything that a poor game has from two poor teams in it. Right. It's it's like the the fates were trying to be like, you know, we don't, neither of these teams is good enough to actually win, but we have to decide this game somehow. Okay, let's see how much, how many handballs we can throw in there, how many like missed opportunities, how many defenders kicking the ball straight in the back of the net. So anyway, yeah, like I just said, two, two handballs getting the score uh, 1-1 and then Orlando getting a... A very fortuitous uh, own goal thanks to Gina Lewandowski from the Sky Blues. Yeah, and these teams played in on uh, July 20th, so at, at Orlando this time. So 
I just watched that game. It's going to be a shit show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Red Stars, Chicago Red Stars coming up against Rain FC. Uh, and this game ending 1-0 to the Rain. Jess Fishlock, again, the difference maker. Yeah. Uh, again, as, uh, same as last week. Great last name. Um, Savannah Matast. Uh, Matastil made her first appearance for the Red Stars in this game. Didn't make much of an impact, but I expected that to change as she grows into the team. What would Jess Fishlock's, like, enemy in life be? Like, would it be, like, Sarah Bird Key? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, either Bird Key or, like, 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 Rat Key or something like that. Like, a little rodent. I don't know. If you're from PETA, you're, like, Aquarium keeper key, you know, like cause they they don't think any animals should be pets at all. This is <laughs> we just started the podcast. You didn't tell it's late. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, w- I was talking to Jake Chalcroft about the podcast, and he said you need to have more lifestyle elements of it. So we need to, you know, talk a little bit more about like our feelings about things. And and uh, so, how do you feel, Caleb? <laughs> In general, <laughs> yeah. tired. <laughs> All right, Major League Soccer uh, saw the MLS Board of Governors uh, report that they have decided to lift the restrictions on having liquor and sports betting as sponsors on jerseys. I mean, if you go overseas and look at the just uh, the championship, but the championship is a game. Yes, pretty generic. Even though it's not here, he says. But his catchphrase, yeah, exactly. Um, but the English second division, the vast majority of the shirt sponsors are betting sites. A lot of them are sponsored by the same betting site. Bet three six five has a lot of shirts sponsored. So this is this is this is classic MLS is trying to be European. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are trying to be on the vanguard of leagues that are trying to get betting tie-ins, which is, I mean, they're trying to differentiate themselves and, yeah. and appeal to a specific segment. So I guess this is whatever it is. Do you have any morality kind of objections to gambling? I don't personally, because I don't have a problem with gambling, which is exactly what someone with a gambling problem would say. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean there should be programs for people who are addicted to gambling but I'm I think it's gonna happen anyway might as well be legal and regulated and yeah yeah true true it's it's one of those things where I feel like it. it's like any sort of addictive substance like maybe even alcohol where it needs to be strongly regulated it needs to be looked after so that people who have a problem can get the help they need but it doesn't have to be something that's harmful, but uh, maybe that's naivety on my part. And this time next year, after the entire MLS has been, it becomes uh, Bet365 League Soccer instead of Major League Soccer, we'll have different opinions. Okay. Hey, moving on. San Jose have signed Carlos Fierro. He sounds very fiery. From Cruz Azul in yeah. Liga MX. Uh, winner um, was Mateo Sameda. He was the coach of Cruz Azul, or he was like, he was linked to Cruz Azul like, almost immediately after taking the San Jose job. So I wonder if he like, took a look at the roster and was like, yeah, that guy's pretty good. And then just and stayed with him. Stayed with him. And I'm guessing because he's coming from League Dimech, he's probably going to be just fine in this league. I don't know much about the player himself. He's no, he's younger, so he's probably signing for now and the future. I don't know if he's going to take a DP spot at all. I think so they're spending Tam on him. I, but 
I just Googled Carlos Fierro because you said you didn't know much about him. And I'm seeing a guy wearing flaming T-shirts. He apparently has like blonde hair, like spiked really high. And no, he no, apparently no, no, spends a, a lot of time in convertibles and dive-in. That's the Mexican version of Guy Fieri. Ah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's Carlos Fierro. So he's going to be playing for San Jose now. He, uh, he, he uh, has Flavor Villa. Um, Don Villa. Villa, sorry. <laughs> David Villa. Okay. Philadelphia Union signed Andrew Wooten from F- SC Sandhausen. Uh, he's a pretty stiff kind of guy, you know, kind of wooden. <laughs> uh, highly regarded uh, dude. Um, we'll see what he can do. He's, again, he's been in uh, you know, the Bundesliga, so. Yeah. Oh, the second uh, Bundesliga. I think right. Sandhausen's been down in the second division for a while now. Is I'm sorry, I don't know much about him either, but is what position does he play, do you know? Uh, he plays. Um, he he's a tree in the back. I, like, okay. <laughs> let me let me Google furiously while you speak. Um, okay. Um, I'm just just you didn't cut in at any moment. Uh, FC Dallas beats Toronto three nothing in our midweek. He's a forward. He's a forward. Interesting. Uh, in our mid one of our midweek matchups, uh, FC Dallas, uh, uh, Baji with a brace in this game. Uh, Toronto, however, missing Josie Altador, Martin Bradley, and Jonathan Osorio at the Gold Cup. And Alejandro Pozuelo uh, missed this game, just this game. Um, Thankfully. <laughs> limited. Uh, following a team-approved hiatus in Spain. Dominic um, Baji did get his third and fourth goals of the season, both with assists from Jesus Fiera. Uh, so He's also fiery. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and uh, Matthias Simonetti Bressanelli, uh, also known as Bresson. Yeah, I didn't see why he goes by that. Yeah, exactly. It's a kind of inconvenient. It's, it's a mouthful, the, yeah. Yeah, the commentator's like, Matthias Simonetti, he's giving up the ball. Then it's like, Matthias Simonetti, oh, he gave up the ball again. <laughs> why can't this name be shorter? And then he came up with Bresson. And he's, yeah. a, he's a Brazilian. He uh, joined um, FC Dallas in December. He got his first goal, first MLS goal, in between Baji's two goals. So good for him. Yeah, uh, Chicago tied Real Salt Lake 1-1. Um, two uh, set pieces in this game. Alexander Tertai um, with a low free kick that pat- run for the Nitromando. And then uh, Mo Adams handled the ball in the box, which allowed Albert Rusnak to tie it up from the penalty spot. You, you think all the soccer players named Mo have more pressure these last two years because of how well Salah is doing? Oh, he's shot up the Mo rankings. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's huge. You think there are going to be a lot of babies named Mo now? I mean, that's what you're going to name your first child. Don't course. tell Taylor. Oh, she doesn't listen. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to go back to that FC Dallas game for one minute because 16-year-old Ricardo Pepe made his MLS debut after finalizing and homegrown player signing with Dallas. He had previously appeared for them in Open Cup matches, but this is his first MLS game. It seems like younger and younger players are getting starts for yeah. in MLS every, every year, and Dallas is kind of on the vanguard of that. I don't know. I was more of a tote guy. <laughs> Ricardo Cook. Um, Cincinnati hosted LA Galaxy, and uh, who, of course, I mean, come on, they, the Galaxy won 2 0. Yeah, and they were they had those two goals within 15 minutes. But that's not the story here, Notch. Sold, Sold out, out crowd. crowd. That's pretty impressive for FC Cincinnati, especially given how well they're doing, right? Yeah. How, how well they're doing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're um, making the 2017 Minnesota United team look like just world beaters right now. <laughs> Can we get, like, our 2017 team back together, put them in the I old mean, jerseys, you didn't and then have them play Cincinnati? Tim would obviously make a comeback. He's going to be the captain and center back for FC Cincinnati and just <laughs> rule. Uh, are there... I'm trying to think, like, how many of those starters from that the Snopener are still with this team? Uh, Molino. Molino. 
And uh, uh, I think Rasmus also started that game. Right, right. Did it bar also? No, he didn't start. Okay, and then he was okay. still in the doghouse for no explained reason whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we, we can, I mean, most of those guys from 2017, we can get them together. They're not doing anything better. So yeah, uh, put put them up against FC Cincinnati. See what happens. Definitively rule on whether FC Cincinnati is another UFC. Oh, they're worse. They're definitely worse. <laughs> <laughs> so this this uh, quote unquote sold out crowd was surprising all of us watching this game until of course we realized oh yeah that's satan down there and all these people are probably here to see him so yeah uh just a little note about fc cincinnati they're uh, minnesota united's next opponents this coming saturday they have 14 fit players in their roster uh, one of those players is out through yellow card suspension so they have 13 players as of i think yesterday at training that have are fit and practicing. So Saturday's going to be interesting, especially since it's it's supposed to be 94 degrees at 3 p.m. when the kickoff start happens. Hey, since you mentioned Minnesota United FC, let's go into our special sub-segment, Don't Look Back in Anger. In this sub-segment, we discuss Minnesota United FC and we look forward, as you were just doing to FC Cincinnati. But before we do that... Let's look back to the friendly against Forward Madison, which I and producer Nick attended yesterday. Bunch of live videos that you can go and check out. We were part of the halftime entertainment, embarrassing Minnesota United fans everywhere with our <laughs> horrible attempts at uh, kicking a ball into the air. Uh, a spoiler, it didn't leave the ground really for either of our kicks. I was kind of happy. I went first and then I kind of flubbed it and then producer Nick did the same thing. But I was expecting him to get this perfect kick, win the like little mini game for for our team and embarrass me. But thankfully, he was just as bad as I was. Oh, good. Yeah. So um, Mason Tor getting the two goals, which now means he scored more against forward Madison than for them when he's on loan. Helpfully pointed out by someone in the crowd behind me. Uh, Ali ha- the, uh Ali Naganzi was also on the pitch for his debut for us. He's the Tanzanian Loni at Forward Madison from uh, Minnesota United. Uh, he, he came in for Abu Danladi, who left the game early with uh, we don't really know why. Probably injury, knowing his history. It's unfortunate. He did have that kind of, I just broke a full glass of milk look when he walked by us on the sidelines. We were kind of like, yeah, boo, go. Because I just thought it was Ali getting his debut. Yeah. But then he just kind of like, eh, you know, like kind of showed us his teeth and kind of like that half smile, which yeah. kind of made it look like something went wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's, but that's we don't nice. know. Hopefully he's okay. Maybe it's just precaution. Maybe he's fine. Hopefully he's fine. Quick word about forward Madison's facility. Kind of very neat little 4,000-seater stadium. Uh, looks like a slightly more developed NSC in some ways. In other ways, it's not as good as NSC used to be. For example, the grandson in NSC is way bigger. Forward Madison has. But a very special environment. The flock are real loud. The crowd really get into it. I think it's a real great place to watch soccer. So go check it out if you get the chance. Hey, let's get back to talking about MLS. Chicago and RSL we just is a game we just that. talked about. Yeah. So let's move straight on to talking about Vancouver versus Colorado. This game ended 2-2. But Colorado blew a 2-0 lead. So, uh, our perennial question. Guys, is Colorado good? Except now it's not just guy. Guy, are Colorado good? That's a lot of pressure. Uh, Kind of? I mean, they're better without Anthony Hudson, which isn't saying a whole lot. It's like saying, uh, oh, the Surly beer isn't killed with hops is better. It's not good. (laughs) It doesn't have all the hops in it. The the hops that are missing doesn't make it a good thing. Hey. Anthony Hudson, coach who has been linked to a move to the Premier League. 
<laughs> oh man if i went to work to set everything on fire and then walked out and not ceo yeah it'd be great i wish i had to do that too <laughs> well diego rubio and uh, shinyashiki put colorado up two nil by the 20th minute wasn't the last though uh it was a uh, Elliot not, not taken down in the box. Freddie Montero converted, but we shouldn't really talk about the Yordi Reyna free kick that made Tim Howard and basically had a Medusa effect on Tim Howard. He turned into stone, like yeah. literally. I mean, I, I, there, he's still in that goal at BC Place. Like he's still standing there, just like waiting for the ball to come in. Mm-hmm. They're saying on full moons he'll rise <laughs> <laughs> and made fourteen saves and still lose. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, Jordi Reyna, man, he's amazing. Yeah, he scored tonight too, and he's he's been the shining player for Vancouver for a while now. And if uh, Martha Santos can get him and uh, in Bom kind of just I just playing together more, playing together better, they're going to be a dangerous team. Yeah, I mean, still questions at the back, of course, but going forward, they should be pretty dangerous. It, it, it bodes well for them that they were able to come back from a 2-0 deficit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it shows mentality. Um, so uh, next we're going to talk about uh, Houston, who came up against the Timbers. Uh, unfortunately, the Timbers now, you know, they, they spent the first half of the season breaking everything in their house. And now they're slowly putting it back together in a, in the, with all this run of home games. 4-0 the score for the Timbers. Um, as I mentioned, the fan will take full credit for this one. Our U.S. Open Cup win over Houston has thoroughly broken their spirits and obviously has affected them deeply. Uh, might also be that, yes, you're right, of course. Yeah, might of course. also be the fact that Albert Deleuze, Romel Kyoto, and Maynor Figueroa are all at the Gold Cup with Honduras. No, I don't think that's it. I think my thing's more accurate. Okay, all right. Sounds, <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, this is the first game, by the way, from Marvin Loria, who was a Saprisa Academy product, um, signed for the Timbers. He scored his first MLS goal in this in this uh, game and then was brought down for a penalty that was then converted by Diego Valeri for the first two goals for the Timbers. Uh, Brian Fernandez with a great goal in this game as well. He's been, I mean, it won't be too early to tell this, but signed in the season for... MLS also, the way he's affected this team also his frosted tips I mean that the whole team thing yeah it's important but the frosted tips are really the addition that MLS needed I mean 90 style is coming back so when they walk off the bus in Jinko jeans and frosted tips you know yeah the only thing more beautiful than Fernandez's goal was uh, the goal scored by Jeremy Babasi who scored from an impossible angle he is intent on proving all of us wrong for not picking him as the first pick uh, for Minnesota United. And uh, also Gio Savarese's blue windowpane suit also proving us wrong for not picking him Yeah. I've come to talk to you. That's how it's insane without being sued by Simon Garfunkel. So we should move on. Uh, Just want to also point out Diego Valeri's daughter's jean jacket patch game is on point. Check it out on his Twitter feed. He's got a bunch of like Timbers Army, Riveters, and... um, Portland patches, pretty amazing. Uh, there, Columbus came up against Sporting Kansas City. The Sporks starting their recovery, maybe with this one nil win, kind of, maybe uh, not really. More that Columbus is devastated by injuries and also Gold Cup. Also Stop. devastated by the fact that Caleb Porter's their coach. Yeah, what a terrible name. 
<laughs> Spells are wrong and everything. Yeah. Like spitting in my face after I read it. It's 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 he's he's just done doing it to annoy you. Like he was, you know, he was born, of course, like maybe a decade before you. But his his parents were just like, you know, we know this guy named Caleb with a K is gonna be born, and we gotta like fuck him over preemptively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's yeah, the way I take it back. very personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Felipe Gutierrez scores this the the lone goal, and um, Harrison Apple got sent off for dog so after he took down Jerso Fernandez. Yeah. Central tackle that definitely should be sent off. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, DC United came up against Orlando City tonight, right before we recorded this, and this game ending one nil. But uh, that one goal. Oh man, that one goal was by Wayne Rooney from his own who, half. Who I, I don't think I know this. But ah yes, Baza. the guy from the airport. Wait, yeah, from the airport, yelling about how he hates everything and is drunk. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Well, he managed to score from before the halfway line, chipping the goalkeeper. I mean, I want to have as much fun in my life someday as Wayne Rooney seems to be having in MLS. I just want to chip a goalkeeper. You just settle for the chip. Yeah, I'd settle for the chip. Yeah. Man, what? I mean, maybe some rock. I don't know. Were you like on the whole Wayne Rooney is going to be a game changer train or were you kind of skeptical? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> but like, what, what do you think you thought back then? Like if you had to like retcon it. I probably thought that his legs were getting old and I didn't know how he would... Because he didn't look that great at Everton his last season in the, in the Prem. But I mean, I don't really know what I was saying back then, but he probably didn't play well here. And I don't think he'd be this good. He's definitely one of the better players in the league. Probably top five. Definitely top five, maybe top three players in the lead right now. Yeah. Behind it's, Vela and honestly, Brian Fernandez. I was pretty high on Rooney, but this is like surprised even me. And I, I this makes me more inclined towards like, let's try to find those guys who are burned out in Europe, you know, and who kind of maybe have a, you know. A, a little left in the tank. Right, right. And bring him over. I'd love to see like James Milner <sighs> at Minnesota United. I love you know? that so much. You know, like I would love how, that so much. You just want to see these guys like enjoy themselves. Of That's course, the jawline in the, in the middle of the park. Just oh, I yeah, love it. yeah. Just get a guy who's got a good heart, so he'll like buy into it. Unlike say Steven Gerrard, but uh, you know, I, I was so happy. Now I'm so hurt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, let's talk about New England who faced Philadelphia Union tonight. Brandon By, former Minneapolis City product, got a goal. Yeah, great half folly by him. Um, I'm kind of a. Turns out down there, Arnold to Divac to Rigi asked corner kick from Carlos Steele. Um, Philadelphia fell asleep, and the goalkeeper for Philadelphia is a Harvard alum. Yeah. He, he was too close to Tampa. He's like, I should go back and see my fraternity <laughs> brothers. And he's like, oh, no, the ball's not better than that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you did that like the DC United commentator. <laughs> it's well, Philadelphia did wake up later. Casper Presbilko. Is there any other player who has more Ys in their name in MLS right now? No. Yeah. It's, a, it's an awesome name, though. It is. It really is. Actually, Presbyslav Titan. He's got two Ys, I believe, as well. So he... Presbilko did get the uh, equalizer for Philly. And then I should also mention, related to the Revs, Charles Boehm on Twitter earlier this week mentioned that Brad Friedel had the Revolution players report to the stadium four hours before matches on game day and then dictated both their food and clothing choices. Sounds very unbearable. This is what I do mean, you do for four hours before a game? What do you do? Cards, cards. bridge. You're playing bridge. You know, um, 
You're a learning bridge. You don't know how to play bridge. No one, knows, no one under the age of 50 knows how to play bridge. Maybe they're supervising the concessions at uh, Gillette Stadium. You know, uh, so they shouldn't eat there, probably. No, probably not, yeah. which would just made them more angry at Brad Friedel. Uh, Sounds so. unbearable. I mean, this is one of those things that, like, apparently Friedel was doing this because this is the way it was in the Premier League, but someone needed to tap him on the shoulder and be like, hey, you see those parking lots and the lack of fans with, like, lead pipes waiting to beat up your players? <laughs> this isn't the Premier League. No, no, yeah. We're in Foxborough. Our owner doesn't know we exist. Forget the parking lot. There's no fans anywhere. So <laughs> There's just those weird guys in revolutionary hats with muskets. <laughs> they won't hurt you. They're, they're, they're harmless. They're not aiming at the players. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they were, they probably wouldn't hit them. They're muskets. All right, where's the lotion? It's time to talk about Toronto versus Atlanta. Do you want to say this, this for last? We have one more game after this. Do you want to just like, do the okay. Montreal game real quick? Montreal won 2-1 over uh, Portland. Uh, Atuanquo with a fantastic goal, turnaround goal into the top corner um, for the winner at Montreal. They're looking pretty good now, too, after a little dip in form early in the season. Okay, now, Notch, take it away. All right, Toronto beating Atlanta 3-2. This game stuck at 2-2 for a long time before in the 92nd minute. Yeah, somewhere there, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, uh, two minutes stoppage time. It's very important. Of, yeah. yeah, two minutes stoppage time. In the final minute of stoppage time, Florentine Pogba brings down... Uh, Richie Larea. Richie Larea, who then has another uh, Atlanta player coming in studs up, which snaps his heel, I think, little touch. Uh, I think Pogba got the heel... Okay. I don't think the um, player sliding in really got any contact. He got the ball and kind of wormed his way around. He that that, that that guy on the ground was like you know when in uh, the movie where your hero's like car explodes and another car explodes and slides through the shot. That mm-hmm. was what that other guy was. Yeah. But anyway, Pogba getting the penalty called unfortunately on him. Uh, this could kind of harsh, but I'll take it because it's yeah. against Atlanta. Oh, there was he clipped the heel, which was definitely incidental. But yeah, we'll no, no intent, but contact made in the body. Just to play penalty. Penalty, which uh, our friend Pozuelo, back from his hiatus, thank God for that, yeah. Uh, yeah. scores, putting Toronto up 3-2. Now, at this point, you know, your buddy Notch, he's pretty happy. It's like, this is fantastic. Nothing can be better than this. 98th minute now. Uh, cross moves into the Toronto box. Nick DeLeon hits it away. Yeah, I, uh, I would argue it was a natural hand position. <laughs> Referee Alan Kelly, uh, at first agrees, blows the Call, whistle. Calls the game. Like, game is over. People start shaking hands, you know. Uh, I start celebrating wildly at home. and um, But no. You know, also, the TV graphics start showing final yeah, score. Final score. Um, players are still standing on the pitch, though. Coaches are talking to Alan Kelly until he's talking to his earpiece. Also, a small amount of hope starts building in the fans' heads in Atlanta. You know, a little yeah. bit, that little bit of hope. Ooh. Don't know? take that hope, Atlanta fans. Yeah, soccer's yeah. a cruel mistress. It is, and and those those people in um, players in in Atlanta or in in Toronto, the Atlanta players, going over to Alan Kelly, arguing it was handball. They can see the tide. It's right there for the taking. If they if they argue their case enough, Alan Kelly goes to the video screen, watches oh, it watched one the time. Screen. Yeah. Two, three times, turns around, makes the VAR motion, whistles, and charges his nose, points to the spot. I love that little shrug. That yeah, shrug was like, oh, I guess. You know, I did, I did deprive them of this uh, 
this tie by giving that other penalty. I guess this one, you know, why not? And at this point, you had to put your pants back on and defeat. You're like, oh, this is not going to be good. You put your pants back on. I, I closed the Crab Brave meme maker window. <laughs> uh, Pity Martinez puts the ball down on the spot. MLS All-Star Pity Martinez. Oh, very important. One of the best players in the league as voted by the fans, many of whom were probably Atlanta fans. Who are now cursing his name because Pity Martinez, who had converted a penalty earlier this game, Skies it over the bar, not even close. <laughs> Notch rips his pants off and continues what he was doing beforehand. And I sat here awkwardly trying to avoid eye contact. <laughs> oh, oh, this is better. You know, that's the best thing about this game is that a little bit of hope came back in before it was snatched away. Ah, I loved it. I loved it. It was great. Well, with that, it's time for us to take a break. Uh, We shall return with uh, everything else. Welcome back to Late Night on We Call It Soccer. Coming to you from the studios at WGBH Boston. Now for the next piece of smooth jazz, it's uh, Kayla Bolson with the saxophone. Why did you... I don't understand. The lights just dimmed. You put on sunglasses. <laughs> the lights just dimmed. Why did you put on sunglasses? And where did you get that cigar from? <laughs> uh, I, you know, there's a... There's a Your hair slipped, slipped back. You have a gold medallion and a white blazer on and nothing else. And it's very, <laughs> very distracting. Is that a tattoo of just a lion streaming? <laughs> I, I do this all the time when Atlanta United is losing, okay? Like, come on. Um, hey, there's a jazz club I want to go to on the east side of St. Paul, by the way. Uh, cool <laughs> I've, I've heard of we should have our next uh, we call it soccer excursion over there do you want me to make these plans on air so the fans can find us <laughs> there you go <laughs> please I need to know we have fans <laughs> any of you come find me tell me that you love me <laughs> oh uh, hey Shane hey Sasha hi dad <laughs> glad you guys can make it this is cool thank <laughs> no, you guys are great uh, okay let's move on to our next segment Let's get low and get to our wrap-up of U.S. Lower League Soccer. Two news items this week. A bunch of games, but who cares about those? Really, the pleasure in Lower League Soccer is the news. Uh, first up, from North Carolina, the new Rally Soccer Stadium has been, uh, or plans for it have been announced. 20,000 seats, uh, $2 billion in private investments planned around it. However, they want $13 million a year for 20 to 25 years from the city. That's, I mean, did the math, like $325 million? Yeah. Which is a lot. Well, they expect 2.7 billion in economic activity for Wake County. You know that's going to happen. <laughs> okay. 5,900 new jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You might have heard uh, them announce some plans for a different site in Rally that was a little bit further away. This one's closer to downtown. Same stadium, just now with more private investment around it. People from North Carolina saying this is probably going to happen because it's got support in the right quarters. Michael Orozco, you remember him? No. I remember playing with him in FIFA in like the 2014 World Cup game. He was okay, like, so he's been out of the limelight for a while. As Colin would say, it's been a while. And so he, it's been. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he says it's been a while. I say it's been. It's a yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a thing that happens. Yeah, I miss, I miss you, Colin. So <laughs> it's been a while since I've he's, seen you. <laughs> he stuck with me just wearing like booty shorts and a gold medallion on my chest. Okay. This well, only like, happens when Caleb is here alone. I'm pulling my, my, my shawl over my 
arms, cross my arms, and I'd huddle in the corner of the couch. Michael Orozco has signed with Orange County SC in the USL Championship. But the championship is a game. Thank you, producer Nick. And uh, speaking of the USL Championship... But the championship is a game. Thanks again, producer Nick. Uh, they are, have announced a club in San Diego uh, f- with uh, former Sacramento Republic FC co-founder and former president Warren Smith at the helm. And uh, Landon Donovan... You know, if you remember him, he's a he's the legendary U.S. indoor soccer player. Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, he's signed on as the executive vice president for soccer operations, whatever that means. It means you stand there in front of the cameras and look pretty. I don't know, this pretty. Yeah, yeah, he is very pretty. He pulls it off. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. He's no Gio Savarese with the blue window pane suit, though. No, 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 no. No, no one is. No, no, no. U.S. Open Cup quarterfinal matchups. Atlanta United versus St. Louis. Hoping for a cup set there. Uh, you've got Orlando versus New York City FC. Minnesota United versus New Mexico United. It's July 10th. Buy our tickets now. It's the acronym derby. MNUFC versus NMUFC. The magic of the cup. It really is. The same five letters enter twice, only one combination of them exits. That's not a very well, good tagline. Yeah, they're both leaving eventually. Right, right. I mean, before I stay, I think we have a home game that Saturday. I should probably stay in the stadium. I mean, the players have like apartments or something. I would assume. They don't sleep the there? No, it's I very don't nice. Think so. Have they, they tried? <laughs> you, think, you think they could do like Minnesota United next year for a benefit season ticket benefit? It would be like one night in the stadium. Like, bring your camping gear and like camp in the concourses. I want to camp on the field. That would be nice. Yeah. You Leave know. the nets up. Yeah. Give me a ball. I'll just... And, you know, turn the stadium lights on just for me. There you go. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Uh, That'll happen, right? Yeah. Chris Wright, take notes. He listens, I'm sure. LAFC versus Portland is the final quarterfinal. And we're going to play the winner of that game. So, yeah. I liked our chances to... Wait, wait, wait. Get one I, more game, at least. <laughs> Listen to me, all optimistic as a Minnesota sports fan. We're going to play that person. It could be New Mexico or us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Let's now move into a segment that we call Keep Hope Alive. Here's to hoping for the U.S. national teams as the women go into a World Cup and the men start the qualification process for theirs. They're currently playing Gold Cup. The quarterfinals have been announced for the, the Gold Cup. It's Haiti versus Canada. Fancy Canada, perhaps over there, probably their strongest. I mean, Haiti's been playing really well, and they had some some mojo going. They beat uh, Costa Rica two to one. They had uh, Red Bulls Arena, um, yeah. So they got some momentum on their side, I think. Speaking of Costa Rica, they're coming up against Mexico. So uh, Francisco Calvo is going to be defending um, a very potent Mexican attack. So that's going to go well, right? Maybe no, not really. No, I think I think Mexico wins this one easily. Jamaica goes up against Panama. Panama. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A little late on the draw there. That's usually Collins thing. Yeah, and and the United States comes up against Curacao, who are the surprise quarterfinal entry. I mean, with Curacao, you got to worry about uh, getting gut rot if you drink it too fast. Um, <laughs> it's really you got to one or two drinks, and you got to be done with that stuff. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is Curacao's second Gold Cup. I. I'm not confident enough to... Usually Colin fat chats us, so... Right, right. Well, but it's... I mean, this is a very, very small place that's sending a team here. And they happily, though, have PSV Eindhoven keeper Eloy Room, who made 13 saves against Jamaica to keep it 1-1. This was important 
because that meant that they ended equal on points with El Salvador, who conceded four goals against Honduras, which left El Salvador with a negative three goal differential, enough for Curaçao to sail past. Historic result. Yeah, I think this is their first knockout stage for sure in the Gold Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women's uh, national team uh, has had a successful Gold Cup so far, wouldn't you say? I think so. They um, smashed six goals against Trinidad and Tobago uh, yeah. in their second game of the tournament. Uh, two goals from defender Aaron Long, who becomes the first U.S. men's national team defender to score a brace. Period. Didn't he? Wasn't he the first? Uh, wait, wait. That isn't he like the first who scored two goals in a game? I believe that's the. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. First defender to score a brace. Oh, brace is two goals. Yeah. I did not know We've been that. doing this podcast for how long? You've been doing it longer than me. I don't know enough about my English stuff. We call it <laughs> soccer here, Caleb. What the hell, man? Yes. Why do they call it a brace? I don't know. That's just what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like from braces because you got two front teeth or something? That's what we go with from now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyone ask you for the expression, yes, you go Two with. braces. All right. Thank you very um, much. Jesse's right. also with the brace in this game. Uh, that's two goals, Notch. We just remember uh, this, but you, I want to make you. sure you know that. Uh, Pulisic and Dodo Polly Boob Hats with a goal each in this game. Uh, all reliable Polly Boob Hats. Jordan Morris fucking changed this game. That's oh, yeah, not absolutely. something that I expected to say out loud, but after he came in in the second half, the U.S. were rampant. I think when he came into the league and into the men's national team, initially he was looked at more as a forward when he really is a winger. He didn't really be that catalyst, that pest the defense uh, annoys the defense into making bad passes and you can also latch on the bad passes and cut off uh, Aaron passes in the in the defensive half and is good enough to find the open man and he's good enough at, at passing also at uh, at finishing that he's when he's on the wing there defenses really don't really know if he's going to shoot or pass and that kind of gives them pause and you can see it in the Trinidad game where he had the ball on the right multiple times and kind of yeah. just played around and got a few assists. You know, a bunch of people saying that demons were exercised now that we've beaten uh, Trinidad and Tobago, who kept us out of the last World Cup. Um, I think the demons were exercised, then the demons were thrown off up against the ropes and suplexed. Yeah. And then... It was, uh, you know, after the referee counted three, uh, more people came out from the backstage and kept, like, brought chairs and started beating <laughs> the demons on the head with them. So Stop, stop. He's already dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, the men's national team with 11 changes. Talk about rotation. Um, 11 changes against Panama. Still ending 1-0 with a G- Josie Altador. Uh, goals he always scores. Uh, bicycle, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, he's riding around in a bicycle somewhere. All right, uh, should mention something important. Right now, if you put USMNT into Google, in fact, even if you put US men's national soccer team into Google, what comes up is the US women's national team. <laughs> it's amazing. And they uh, squeaked out a 2-1 win against Spain at the Women's World Cup thanks yeah. to two penalties. Two penalties from Megan Rapino, who, despite the two goals, has not played well past couple of games for the U.S. Um, first penalty, death and penalty, Tobin Heath, I think, got taken down in the box. Uh, immediately, Spain pegged uh, the U.S. back on a f- uh, bad pass by Alyssa Nair. Her first real mistake of the 
tournament. And with all this talk about the U.S. being weak in the back but strong going forward, that was the first old agency to all game, all, all tournament. So maybe a lot to say about nothing. Is their defense is just fine, just got to keep those errors in check. But the second penalty, Roosevelt goes down a little bit too easy in the box. But kind of the same as the whole uh, the penalty we just watched, uh, Richie Larea going down in the box I- of Toronto. There was contact. She went down. Right. You got to think that she was looking for contact. You got to think Larea was looking for contact. Also, Spain were kind of kicking the U.S. players oh. the entire game. So, but the also the way the game was called, they were kicking us all the way down the pitch, and there were no falls given. And then that just called in, in the box. It's a little inconsistent from the ref. See, but I have but no problem time. with that. I I feel like it's like the ref, you know, gives them a bunch of rope, keeps giving them rope, and at one point she's just going to be like, "I'm sorry." Like that. That's it. That's enough. You know, mm-hmm. how many warnings do you want? Yeah. So I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think the other thing that people have to keep in mind is that the U.S. team only had three days of rest. Spain had six. Absolutely. So there are other factors. However, I will say that I am more alarmed than you seem to be by this performance and that coming up against a French team that uh, did not look good against Brazil. True, but has massive amounts of home support in the stadium. Yeah, it, I mean... Uh, it's squeaky bum time. Let's just put it that way, okay? My bum is quite squeaky. Might be some of the things I know. I ate. You're it, still not wearing pants. I can see it from here. <laughs> it's the cheese curds I ate at, at the Ford Madison <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> All right, let's now move into a segment uh, that we call, they call it football. Every football team will be playing football several times and in various combinations. They might have come up with the word, but the English don't call it soccer. And in this segment, we talk about football from the United Kingdom, where there's some bit of news. Rafa Benitez leaves Newcastle. Anthony Hudson possibly lined up as a this replacement. Can't be. They can't actually take him into consideration. Real, I, he was decent as a New Zealand youth coach, youth head coach. He couldn't get New Zealand into the uh, World Cup, and he made the Colorado Rapids worse, which we didn't know was possible. It all makes sense when you realize that Mike Ashley might actually hate Newcastle United. Oh, I think he does. So, that, and that, in that sense, it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. But uh, he's not the only coaching change. Frank Lampard reportedly to reportedly going to Chelsea from Derby County. Um, sure, I guess. He's well-liked by the fans. He didn't get the job done at Derby. They were in the playoffs. They lost. They lost in the finals to Aston Villa, I believe. Yeah, they lost in the final Aston Villa. And that was his first coaching job. He was there, I think, just last year. And right. so there's not a lot of history there. But at the same time, Chelsea's not a very attractive job at the moment with a transfer ban. Right. So with Frank Lampard going there, it's kind of him going home, him almost doing them a favor. And also, if anyone can get the youth players to play well, it's a legend, that, a club legend. Yeah. So yeah. it's a good move, I think, on Chelsea's part. But also it's questionable with given his track record as a head coach and also the record of Chelsea fans turning on their coach quickly. He only did more rope than Sarri had or than Conte had or even Mourinho had because he was a club legend. Right. But I mean, Man City December, legend Lampard, you know, taking over. <laughs> New York City FC legend. <laughs> but come January and they're in seventh, what's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, but you know? any coach who comes in, Roman Ab- 
Abramovich is going to fire. And Sorry, came in third. They won the Euro League. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody hated him and he hated everybody else. Also, Lampard's probably going to come in and be like, hmm, last time I was here, didn't smell so much like cigarettes everywhere. <laughs> uh, Aaron won. Bisaka transfers to Manchester United from Crystal Palace for $50 million. And the moment I know him because he's played for Crystal Palace, fullback, best defensive fullback in the Premier League last season, first in clearances, tackles won, uh, highest tackle success rate, uh, most takedowns completed, and the most interceptions. So good for him. He wanted this move, and I believe it was part of the move um, Manchester United also retained 25% of Wilfred Zaha's net transfer fee. Okay. Which is a weird clause to put in, but also, yeah. Sounds sure. like Manchester United was uh, looking at MLS uh, trades there for some inspiration. <laughs> Do you have any TAM? <laughs> you, you, do you want tea? No, TAM. I don't know. <laughs> we don't have any jam. <laughs> Let's now move into a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already. First up, Copa America. Uh, quarterfinals are set to Brazil v. Paraguay. I have to think Brazil would win this one. Uh, yeah. See Paraguay plenty of upset, uh, any upsets here. Uh, Venezuela versus Argentina. This one's a little more questionable. Argentina has not been good this tournament. Very lucky to be in the knockout stages. If Qatar wasn't in their group, they would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so... Colombia v. Chile. I think Colombia, right now, one of the favorites to win the tournaments. Uh, easily dispatching Argentina and topping the group very easily. But again, uh, Qatar was in, were in the group. And then uh, Uruguay versus Peru. Uruguay, uh, my pick to win the Copa America this year. All right, let's talk about the Women's World Cup real quick. Sweden beat Canada to book their place uh, in the quarterfinals. Yeah, uh, Stina Blackston, Splash the Noise. Blackstenius. It's, it's Blackstenius. It's said. Oh, it's said like it's spelled. Awesome. Uh, Scores the only goal in this game. Uh, Janine Becky um, had her penalty saved. Um, some drama there, but also Canadians are super nice, so it should be fine. Uh, was it Sinclair, who's a dedicated penalty taker? Yeah. Asked Becky because she was having her game. If she wanted to take it, she said yes, and saw her penalty saved. Unfortunately, for Canada. This is also important considering that Christine Sinclair is. Um, given how close she's getting to the record for lead mm-hmm. goal scorer. And so the fact that she gave up what is as close to a short thing goal as you can get is speaks a little bit to her character. Sadly, uh, her choice of penalty taker, not that great. I think, I think this is one of those areas where I'm like, if you're the team captain, you just got to take it. Yeah. You know, you, if you're the regular penalty taker, just walk up and take it. Cause you don't want to leave that to chance. If it's a, if it's an early in the season lead game, fine. But if it's a, this pressure, not up stages in the World Cup, you have to, as captain, I think you should take that responsibility yeah. and not put the pressure on anyone else. Take that and bear the pressure and whatever happens, happens. Norway tied Australia 1-1 in the shootout, however. Norway Ooh. getting ahead on penalty. Sam Kerr skying hers. Not a great not end. A, not a great answer, no. And, but she'll be back. She's, what, 24, 25? Yeah, yeah, she'll be back with uh, Matilda's 
in the next World Cup cycle. I think the funny thing is, you know, people are saying that Sam Kerr's had a kind of a disappointing World Cup. However, when you see her actually playing on the pitch, she seems like in a different universe of talent compared to everybody else. It's clear that she's getting to play more than all the other players because, of course, she's playing both in the NWSL and the Australian League because mm-hmm. um, their schedules kind of allow that. And so it's clear she's incredibly talented. And so I expect her to be lifting the World Cup at some point. Yeah. And she's she was easily the best player in the, on the pitch in most of the games she played this this in the World Cup. And I just think Australia couldn't get the ball to her enough. There are a lot of times when they're going forward and the player would have two options on one on each side. One was Sam Kerr, one was someone else, and they would play like four times out of five, they'd play the to the side that Samter wasn't on. Right. And that's not how you win games. Get the ball to your best player. A couple of other results. Real quick, Germany beat Nigeria 3-0. Italy beat a disorganized China 2-0. Um, Netherlands coming up against Japan. This a heartbreaking end to the game for Japan. Yeah, Japan deserved to win this game. They hit the post, I think, three times. Uh, the Netherlands goalkeeper came up big multiple times. Japan, if they'd had that uh, clinical finish, they would have... Um, they would won by a few goals, um, not just scored one in this game. Uh, late penalty, handball in the box. Um, Netherlands converts totally undeserved. Hopefully that weighs them up a little bit. They're coming into this game. I thought they would win pretty handily, but Japan. I, I think it shows their uh, lack of experience in this team. A lot of new players in the in this team, and just couldn't just didn't, didn't have a cutting edge in their finishing. You, you, and, and, the experience. and the ability when you're so close to extra time to just wait it out and get the get the game into the, those extra 30 minutes rather yeah, than... Yeah, if it goes extra time, they, I think they win for sure. 2-1 the result there. France also beating Brazil 2-1. Amandine Henry scores the winner in added extra time. Heartbreaking for Marta, likely, very likely her last World Cup. Yeah, Brazil has a lot of aging players and there's a whole thing with their... Um, FA or they're not really funding youth systems for uh, on the women's side so Marta go watch her uh, post game interview it's very inspiring and also kind of heartbreaking because I don't know if the FA will listen to her yeah you, you never see like to see a player with that much talent be leaving a tournament at this stage yeah um, also it's it's worth noting that now it's a all European and North American yeah, quarterfinals. Because uh, all the other teams from South America and Africa are, and Asia are gone. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about England versus Cameroon, which ended three nil. However, high high drama in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we want to talk about how England played at all? Should we just they played unconvincingly? Por- unconvincingly, I think Norway will beat them handily uh, for their own predictions in the next game. Um, if they don't fix what was happening, but they were up two nothing at the end of the first half. Um, second goal for England was confirmed by VAR to be onside. Um, Cameroon players refusing to restart the game because they disagreed with the, with the call. They were in a huddle. They were in a huddle, on this, and the captain, the coach, couldn't get them to go to the middle of the pitch and start playing. But I don't know what the Cameroon coach or captain or their captain said in the at halftime because they came out fl- absolutely flying second half is the England defense looked in disarray and just so confused and they had scored Cameron scored um, called back by VAR 
because of offsides. About and a few inches. A few offside. inches offsides. It was very harsh, but the correct call. And people were getting mad at VAR. Don't get mad at VAR. Get mad at the rules. Because VAR called the right, made the right call via the rules. Yeah, it's it's true. And one of the other things that occurred then was, again, the, the Cameroon team felt hard done, went to the sidelines, refused to start playing. One of the players actually jumping up and down in like, you know, in, in cartoons, how they have children kind of uh, jumping up and down, like flailing their arms. Mm-hmm. This is literally what happened. And there were a lot of people coming out on Twitter after this game, kind of talking about institutional racism, how the game was reported, how Cameroon was screwed over, and uh, how this was kind of oppression at play. You know, I have a lot of time for social issues. I have a lot of time to talk about how systemic factors sometimes influence the outcomes that we see. In this case, that's total bunk, though. And I'm just going to put myself right out there as saying these Cameroon players lost it. There were some people on Twitter claiming that this was something about how the English players and the English coach Phil Neville are well paid and blah, blah, blah. And the Cameroon team are just kind of eking out an existence. Um, And I I just want to point out that being from the developing world and just about eking out an existence doesn't mean that you have a lack of manners or like basic sportsmanship or whatever you want to call it, which is not throwing a tantrum on the pitch. Um, this is what we saw was abject and it's something that was horrible like it it just ruined the whole game and some people blaming the referee personally I don't see it like that I thought the referee just wanted to kind of keep the game going and prevent it from becoming a total farce where the Cameroon team just completely walked off Uh, some people thinking that some early red guards and for some discipline might have changed the outcome Uh, I could see it that way, but I could also see how that would make the situation even worse. Cameroon did have some outbursts of um, ill temper in earlier games as well. One incident with the Dutch team and water bottles was uh, caught on camera. So there, some other folks, some analysts have suggested that maybe there might be some systemic issues with the FA or the coach or something else going on that might have led to an ill-tempered atmosphere in the dressing room that led to this kind of meltdown i don't know what it is all i know is that this was just the one of the weirdest experiences i've seen i don't know if i think the team should be punished or anything like that fifa saying that they might take disciplinary action i think that might be a little too far but i think a strongly worded letter might be about the extent of what is needed in this yeah. case, just to say like if other players are thinking that this might be the approach it takes to say you know no this is not what we want happening yeah so let's leave it at that. Um, quarterfinal matchups, Norway versus England. We've just heard you say that Nor- you're picking th- Norway. I'm, yeah, go Norway. Uh, I don't know. England might pull it through, I think. This is the strongest thing Norway, in a long time. I think, I think Norway is too strong at the back. I think England, even though they scored three goals in the last game, they didn't really do, learn convincing doing it. Um, the, the question is also which England team comes out. Because right. Phil Neville has been rotating so much that you're not really sure what he's going to do. Um, and, and for example, the goalkeeper choice could be one that really kind of decides what happens. And uh, Yeah, I think um, in the England squad, only one player hasn't played any minutes, and that was the third, that's the third, uh, third choice goalkeeper. So, <laughs> it's late, it's late. Yeah, it's late. Um, France coming up against the United States, who you got here? Uh, I, You're going to be a homer, aren't you? I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. USA. Yeah, I don't think we can. We it's can the only really. time I have any patriotism yeah. anymore is here for the US men's and women's national teams. Uh, Italy versus the Netherlands. 
It depends on which uh, Netherlands shows up. It depends what Italy shows up. They've been they're kind of a dark horse at this moment. I don't think anyone really saw them coming. Um, not really a, a team that was really good in, in the past, and then the FA kind of stopped funding them, and they kind of fell away. Now they're now they're back. This and, is basically, I mean, Juventus's investment yeah. in Italian women's soccer that is showing, and so I hope it's Italy because that'll hopefully pull other big clubs, billionaires, or whatever you want to call it in Italy to actually invest, mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, having a good result. And the Dutch, um, as you've mentioned before, having an unconvincing result versus Japan. So yeah. um, I, I wonder if the, that result will drive them to, to play better or will kind of stick in their heads like, oh, we didn't play well last game, we should, and then kind of overthink it and kind of lose the plot. Right. Uh, Germany versus Sweden. Uh, Germany. Yeah, I don't think Sweden has looked has looked good in this tournament. The, their game against the U.S. was kind of an unconvincing display. Yeah. So uh, let's let's see what happens and see if we got our predictions correct. Uh, that's all for tonight because Colin ain't here to give you his conspiracy theories, and uh, we haven't come up with a segment or police confessions yet. So but hopefully, we won't have to because we'll be back next week. Right, 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 right. It's just when he's not here, we should have some sort of like you talk about your favorite beer or something something you know something no, no, no one wants to hear that okay okay, okay. All right, what about your favorite twitter account that you tweet from uh two united fans <laughs> <laughs> the uh, pandering nice yep. uh, but you can follow that follow uh so notch Tom and i tweet from that um twitter handle also tweet at k olsen 716 um yeah, um, you can find me it, at lockstock spock you can find producer nick at nick rodriguez fine you can find Colin at the attachment. Also, retro e pluribus lunum at some point, maybe, possibly. Tell your friends that you listen to Week All Soccer. We always have like having new listeners, and you can subscribe to the pod and find podcast providers everywhere. And with that, we bid you adieu for another seven. It's late. And with and that, that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next, See you next week. Oh, uh-huh.